we live in a world that's been that that's being destroyed for yeah. one uh you know the biggest polluter in the world that gives these major industrials at the same time these are the patrons of the arts yeah, yeah. so there's already a conflict uh in the art world between uh making any kind of critical remark about class really critical like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you know sticking it to them you know welcome to what's my thesis i'm your host javier proenza and today my guest is rashid buhamidi how did you start getting into interested in art like the oh, yeah. la scene because you're, well, you're yeah, pretty yeah i mean first came actually making stuff because before before being a part of an art world or art scene or any of that those are kind of um you know a little bit a little bit um you know they're not the prime my primary life is the real world <laughs> you know has to do with like what i do in the in in you know at home painting and in my studio but i've been doing this my whole life you know my my mom tells me that i was drawing at a moment que je suis tenir un crayon dans la main the 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 moment i learned to hold a pencil in my hand i was drawing so that i was probably drawing around the time i learned to walk mm-hmm. you know uh, so I've been doing some kind of thing and, and, and people ask me, oh yeah, you know, like date when you decided you'd become an artist. And I'm like, well, when I was 14, I saw Goya's prints and mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to be a comic book artist exactly as I, as I imagine I would be when I was 12 mm-hmm. anymore. I wanted to be something like artist, like he, what he was yeah, yeah. and what he was, uh, as I was growing old, had something to do with, with what, who de Kooning was, even though they weren't the same, but like, or in, in, or, or in the sense that they were, it was high art. <laughs> it oh, okay, was like okay. on another level, you know, yeah, yeah. like it wasn't just, I'm going to work in a comic book store or, or, okay. or company making, you know, you know, uh, and my idea of it, I mean, I was fascinated, you know, when I was like 12, I was like blown away by Todd McFarlane and Michelangelo, you know, yeah, those yeah. were like the models of draftsmanship. For me, right? it was uh, Jim Lee. Jim Lee <laughs> and Jim Lee. Yeah, yeah. And Jim Lee. I mean, those guys were my heroes when I was a little kid. And I would go to the fucking Comic Con, you know. And, oh, really? And when it was before, still like, yeah. When it was still comic books. We were yeah. We were looking for comic books. I was a collector. I mean, with no money, like a very small budget, I was looking for all the cool, cool comics, uh, yeah, and um, and and um, you know, sh- bringing my portfolio with me to be perused by these these people, I wouldn't even fucking spend two seconds. Oh my seconds. god, I'm so curious about. Yeah, like, what I, what I don't know that I. Like. You know, it's interesting is that I never like. Uh, I think there was a guy. Was was his name? Rob Leaf. Lifefield, yeah. Lifefield, right. Okay, I'm glad you know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, I I probably, I mean, his drawing now to my eyes would be like, ugh, you know. But like at the time we had, a, uh, we we contended with the fact that he had some power in our, in our, in our schema of like what, what art was, yeah, you yeah. know. And because he was, he was not only considered very, very good draftsman, a good drawer mm-hmm. he was also very successful and his opinion mattered to a lot of people and and obviously we always look for you know after we draw it's like a really nerdy kind of art practice where we're hanging out in our rooms drawing you know and um and and you know like we need some validation from like the the big dogs you know so, so what did they I'm say i'm talking 12 13 you know what did rob life oh to i say? didn't go to him actually okay. as it turned out i got I, I brought drawings with me i remember i mean that was the secondary 
thing for me, you know, was was going to to have my. I knew I was fucking good at it, and, and I modeled myself after them, and I could draw as well as them oh, really? in their lang in their language. Do you drawing. still have these? Somewhere? I have some, yeah. And okay. I looked at them. I'm like, yeah, this is as good as that. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was very very tightly mod like modeled after. Who, who they it was like emulation doing. and and you know and there's one thing to be able to draw like like them and uh i wasn't doing i had only ever done when i was a little kid like one comic book like mm. actual narrative of a sequential narrative and, and that was really gnarly that was i was a really violent um crazy <laughs> it was like you know about like um you know this mannequin struggle between the nazis and the you know, bad guys and the good guys. This was before and Columbine, was, so no one was, was worried Columbine, about you. It was before Columbine. It was before fucking what's that movie? Inglorious Bastards. Oh, okay. It was like that. It was violent, and it was like the same story. Okay. <laughs> I was I was obsessed with that because you know my grandfather was uh, he was a veteran of the First World War. I mean, he, he was born in the eighteen nineties. Your grandfather? My actual grand. That's just just my father. Uh, the 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 father of my mother. Okay. Uh, and he was in the resistance, the French resistance, as a fifty year old. You know, uh, there was a resistance had, in the in, in the France, first in the in, first in world second world war. So, okay. No, no, I, I, I just, yeah, yeah, no, no. I just, just wanted in, to clarify. In terms of his, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, but well, sometimes I don't know well, stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. No, no. I mean, because uh, no, no. And after the uh, well, you know, and uh, during the first world war, a lot of people sign up immediately, not just because some corn, not exactly because of just some corny patriotic fervor. Mm. The Germans did advance into France, and the French were like, no, fuck that, yeah. and then. And that's like kind of my grandfather was from Bordeaux and he joined up in 1914 and he was in that shit for, for four years. You know, he was in trench warfare and then he became a war pilot, like a pioneering war pilot. Anyways, uh, I was always fascinated by my uh, grandfather's story, you know, like where he came from uh, and um, the fact that he was you know, in the resistance in World War Two, after he was like retired, you know, he's, he joined up and he was, he was caught by the Gestapo and they, they sent him to the concentration camp. So he, wow. he spent two years in, in some of the worst uh, concentration camps in Germany. Uh, wow. He had been to, he went uh, to more than one. Yeah. He, he survived a death march, you know, like from one to the other. I mean, oh, they wow. marched him. Basically, prisoners of war weren't, they weren't, uh, they weren't, you know, you know, processed through the extermination, you know, um, channels, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, They weren't. They, they were weren't treated differently. They, in that way, but they weren't treated much better than, you know, yeah. the, you know, the really, really, really brutal uh, conditions in which most of the, so many people died of disease and starvation yeah, and yeah, all yeah. this shit. And just, you know, um, but my grandfather, yeah, was liberated from Belsen, uh, which was, uh, which is where Anne Frank died. You know, you know where's Belsen? Bergen-Belsen is in southern Germany. Southern Germany. Uh, I think so. I've never been there myself. I've never, I've never been to the site. It had been demolished. Yeah. But uh, that's where he was liberated from in April of 1945. But all that stuff kind of fueled my imagination as a kid because I obsessed over it when I was uh, over just like, you know, I'd ask my parents a million questions about France and their art family history and when I was a little kid growing up in the San Fernando Valley. So that that was, you know, something that uh, 
generated a lot of ideas for me, um, especially in my interest in comic books. So I created like, you know, these muscles, muscular kind of like characters that were rooted in World War Two, you know, mm. you know, so I've been drawing and doing things like that my whole life. But um, when I went to uh, 95, I went with my uh, my one of my best friends and his dad. Uh, his dad was taking like figure drawing classes at at the community college near where I lived in Palm Desert, mm-hmm. and um, we ended up going on a field trip to Pomona with like we were invited, you know, to go with the professor and 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 him, and um, and that was an eye opener for me to see, you know, go. Seems that part of the thing is that like I didn't really spend very many. Uh, I lived for a time in L.A. And then when I was 13, I moved to the desert. So the really important formative years, like I didn't have like really that much art, like really yeah, yeah. good art. My my cl- first contact with like serious art, you know, like what year? What, how that old was were you? that was that was my cousin, my uncle's house, actually. How old were you when when that when that happened? And yeah. and actually, the, I think you're pretty well. I mean, I, we were at the uh, at Patrick Donovan's. Um, talk and that's when i realized that you're like you're a painter right yeah of course okay. yeah so then uh you like you that you, that's how you identify yeah what, what yeah. can you what can you teach me about contemporary painting in general like that, oh yeah because you yeah, have a right. pretty well, deep uh knowledge of that stuff yeah. and it's interesting that you started off as a comic book guy because i also did yeah. but i mean it, now in the contemporary moment as far as like you know painting and drawing and this there is there is no um these kind of divisions that existed there are like a few things that have changed so much uh that that they'll never be what they what they were one one of them are the divisions between high middle brow or you know low art you know so um because of really and that that is a contentious issue in itself like what even constituted that in the first place like what comic book art was you know with people like extraordinary characters like R Crumb is not considered any less of an artist than mm-hmm. you know he's not even considered less of an artist than some of the old masters are he's he's that good at drawing but but, this but is, it doesn't this... matter as much the form of art that he he drew I think that where's the, this those, dialogue taking place though the, this is taking place in the art contemporary art world that okay. there are no there are there aren't these kind of divisions anymore between what is considered low and high art you know yeah, yeah. um as much i mean there's there are things for practical reasons that re- remain what they were like painting is still like you know for for various reasons that i i i'm only you know uh supposing exactly i don't, couldn't i couldn't say that this is you know i couldn't verify that this is necessarily so but like painting re- remains like the staple of the of the art world like there's something easier about it that's um as a as an object to be tr- sold and traded and mm-hmm. uh, moved around um but uh, I mean, I I, I I took to it because uh, you know, I, I just I mean, I can t- talk about from a personal place, and there's also a lot in in art that's changed. The, the contemporary moment, I think Jerry Saltz talks about this a lot as a famous art critic in New York, that there is no real um, like modernism imploded or was destroyed. You know, that the sense that there was a the sense that there was this kind of almost linear trajectory 
in which there was progress being made in art. Mm-hmm. That that is kind of uh, I mean, fifty years ago it was had fall had kind of uh, been challenged, and the the narrative or whatever had been challenged, and and now we're in a moment where where there's so much kinds of things that are coming from so many different places that is all like kind of legitimate mm-hmm. but yet um uh it's just so much as such a huge deluge of it and it's coming from all places all at once and this is something i i heard as almost verbatim yeah. jerry salt uh he says that that, that there, there's no place for our criticism in that context. So like it basically doesn't exist, not in the sense that it did when Tom Hess and and uh, Harold wrote, you know, like all the, the traditional or even Robert Hughes, you know, mm. who had a very uh, uh, kind of um, I, I would say a criteria that was kind of in 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 criticism that was that would seem to be unfair or 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 i don't know i i like to read those guys because they had a fucking play you know they had a mm. they had uh uh even if it was uh kind of polemical or something you know they they had a, a lens from which or something from which to to analyze something and and they had a, a an opinion you know of what they were seeing based on a criteria they had and now a lot of what what, what you see in art writing is generally it's it's kind of it's like less critical (laughs) or something you know it's uh either i don't know i don't read that much yeah uh i I, not as much as certain certain people i i love peter sheldahl who is a new yorker uh was a poet and uh an art critic for the new yorker for years and years and years and he came to my studio once Mm -hmm. so i had a personal connection with him because he came to my my painting studio at boston university when i when i was in grad school and we just i didn't have that many paintings usually i make a million paintings right away uh i'm pretty prolific always been prolific um but i didn't have very much because it was like the first or second week of of grad school for me but and i didn't really know him then this was 15 years ago mm-hmm. and we just started talking like crazy about masaccio and um, metaphysical painting and morandi and we're, we're really into it you know because i'm into it i'm i'm literally you know painting in in that world in that state of mind and mm-hmm. in that metaphysical uh, painting yeah, what, yeah, what, can metaphys- you define that well i mean uh it's it's a kind of painting that asks questions about itself like you know where what is this of what is this and metaphysics you know as you know is a is the pre uh uh it's 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 um it's their their principles on which something is founded on uh a pictorial that, language yeah they're the, the, the basic me- first principles you know on what uh, I, i'm just more familiar in the in the comment in the popular use yeah the in the popular so, music so explain that again yeah so yeah. so it's not the same it's not has any, having it, to do it with has spirituality to do, it has to do with a kind of like the groundwork on which a, when you talk about it in painting terms when yeah. you say that something is metaphysical in painting it has to do uh uh with looking at um looking at the uh, the the basic principles on which a, a picture is 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 constructed and some of their and the um you know some of the some of the 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 um uh that was what I'm like um 
some of the conclusions you draw from looking at, at a work or constructing a piece, you know, what's interesting in, in artists that are, that we're talking about is that, you know, they have constructed a world ex on a two dimensional plane, right? That it's an illusion, but it's also a, a physical material thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and there are all these kind of things that you, 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 you look at and, and you can start to notice you, uh, Morandi is, uh, uh, on a 20th century painter with, uh, a very, very, very deep, like understanding of composition and, um, these kind of questions or these kinds of, um, uh, things that are interesting in painting. He was a master of those things and he did it in the most humble means. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of dismiss without a very good, good eye for painting. will dismiss it as kind of a uh, clumsy and, uh, uh, kind of rudimentary because they're so, so, um, they're so humble and the images and he painted boxes and bottles and common everyday objects as still lives and little landscape paintings of very simple scenes, very simple. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, he could construct a picture in such a way as to make you think like, well, if this is, uh, is this a painting of a painting? Is this a painting of, of nature? Is this a pain? It, it, it makes you ask questions in that sense. You know, mm -hmm. it, 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 it's, it, it's deep. Like it's, it distills everything down to like very, very, um, powerful and, and important relationships so that relationships of form and color and, 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 and those things are, you know, like I have the feeling that, you know, they, 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 they never, they never age, you know, mm -hmm. they never like, cause you can look at Masaccio and you can look at these paintings. Masaccio was a, a, a painter that died when he was 27 in fucking um, the early 1400s. Yeah. And he, he's the one that reintroduced, he reinvented linear perspective. He's the guy that first used linear perspective independently of the Roman times, you know, the ancient, since antiquity. They, they had what, a knowledge what, what of What was the date again? For the early 1400s. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, he sorry. died at 1428. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, he, 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 he's the... Who's the person that did the first perspective painting? Like the the, oh, the one that's acknowledged? Because I, I used oh, to live Ma out there. Oh yeah, well the was well, that Masaccio? Masaccio. Because everybody Masaccio, was Brunelleschi and Donatello were, were the Brunelleschi ones. was a, uh, an architect that you that I think was the first to devise linear. It's a very simple concept. You have a point, yeah. a vanishing line, and orthogonal lines that verge towards the point, and you can chart everything according to a one-eyed, you know perspective well, one of the things that's really cool about that that i didn't realize it's related to i have a book up here called uh yeah perspective for the artist yeah. which is a title that i really like <laughs> perspective for the artist yeah but it's a so. it's a book about perspective and one of the things that i never realized after years and years of studying it until i read that book is that like it's basically you putting a piece of glass in front of you and you're drawing it yeah, that, that's like essentially what the illusion is, right? Right, like, right, like, right. And so that I think comes from the camera obscure and that 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 kind of the, the, that like or like you know not fo photographic cameras, but like it was even a revolution for in that sense oh, in yeah. terms of in terms of being it, able to understand because even if it's an obscura and you're projecting it on the wall, it's the same thing as having a thing. Right. So if you have that tool and you can trace to have the that, real, ex yeah, yeah. that that thing that's removed from 
the experience, you know, it's just that's that yeah. another another. It's a tool that allows you to see something in a new way. Yeah, it, it, like, changes, totally your it your changes your perspective. It changes your perspective, right? Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, we talk about Masaccio not just in those terms, but because he was a very his paintings are very real, like mm -hmm. like this idea of verisimilitude in in art. The the idea of painting the real, the what? How do you paint something look fucking real? Yeah, yeah. and he did this thing where. He uses the flat plane, the flatness flat to a form that's like half form and a full form. Mm -hmm. And he has this rhythm. You see this rhythm and it's like, ah, oh, this is fucking <laughs> rad. It's just, it is. It, there are interesting narratives that he creates out of the formal elements of his painting. That's, that's tight, man. Yeah. I mean, if you can do that well... You're onto something because, like, shitty painters. <laughs> I don't know what I mean, but like people that 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 haven't aren't as advanced, don't know how to construct a story based on the formal elements. You know, uh, you know, like because there's so many things that, and they're unsaid too. It's kind of like you look at you look at uh, uh, like a Masaccio. There's a, a painting can't think of, well, from the Brancacci Chapel or something. You look at you look at the the painting, and there's some curious thing like. You know, it's almost like set up a certain way. So it's set. It's how you set it up. You know, mm -hmm. it's like if you look at the scene of a window, uh, scene with these figures surrounded by buildings, and there's a window that's open up. If you look, if you accept this notion that this is a window that opens into the house, this other window opens into the fucking pictorial world you know mm. behind it is and those are really deep things for them you know like peeling back reality to yeah, reveal yeah. the the celestial or the other world the other world and there, there were fantastic there are a lot of examples of of this this fixation on like you know like piercing through reality um can it, so bef before the matrix or whatever can we go back to yeah. i have a couple questions yeah uh, of course that, about about the um so going back to the thing about Jerry Saltz, because you, because we, oh, yeah. we, we're, we're we're going like we're talking now about painting that I'm familiar with. Sure, right? sure. I'm more curious about the stuff that is like like f the I guess the first question leading into the broader question is yeah. is like is that materializing? Is the Jerry Saltz philosophy of of no hierarchies? Is that materializing? Is there low brow at the Whitney? Is there? Is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like it's been. It's almost like low brow has been co opted by uh, by big some big artists. Okay. And, and 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 then and then the form in which something that was presented in on um, you can see this in like. You know, maybe Raven Pettibone is a, 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 a just the idea of drawing like like drawing, just plain old drawing. Yeah. As as what a as novel a high, idea. It's not. It's not that it's novel. <laughs> no, I'm it's, just, it's just that it, it, it like you know one of the things that I think Pe Pettibone's exhibitions of drawings did was that it it was like you know. I don't have to make big old oil paintings or something like, or, or, or sculptures or whatever. Like the drawing is enough, you know, like a, a bunch yeah, yeah. of fucking tacked on drawings and they're fantastic, all of them, you know, yeah, yeah. and, and maybe even an assemblage in an in inventive way. You, you, you know, there's some interesting ways in which he actually curate that the, the drawings are curated out, how they're displayed. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's enough, you know, yeah, yeah. that, um, uh, you know, I, I mean, I use comic books as a kind of, you know, example of a vernacular art 
style that had been around for a long time. And then, um, you know, there are artists like Philip Gustin who, um, you know, who's, you know, a badass, like, unlike so many, so few people like, like him in, in the past 160 years in America. He was one of, he's one of my heroes, you know, <laughs> but uh, I, I love that, you know, that, that, that Gustin blasted through the last part of his career before he died with these kind of clunky, really, really intelligent, like I said, Masaccio, you know, mm. and Morandi, these really intelligent, tight compositions, but they're made of cartoonish, fucked up looking figures, the clan, the hooded, the, the hoods, the, the, the two by fours, all, all the, all his, his whole vocabulary as they, as they like to, to, to say the vocabulary of, of his imagery, uh, mm. of, of just set of, of different things that he was interested in. And, but really, really like, you know, it looked like it came out of like some really, um, uh, underground comics or, 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 you know, kind of forgotten little comic strips, you know, yeah. something like that. Like, I don't know the exact, um, I know his he he had he was interested in a lot of things and a lot, and you can see parallels at the time. And this is in the late sixties when he was, and he, he's a force to be to be reckoned with now. So many people are piggybacking on the career of <laughs> of uh, Philip Gustin. I mean, in a way, he, he inspires me. He's like yeah. a, a giant, you know. In on, in, on, on uh, whose no, shoulders no, no. to I'm stand? A, yeah, <laughs> I, right now. I mean, I'm standing on his shoulders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I got you. Um, but then, okay. So then, I guess like what is interesting to me is when you talk about Masaccio, are you using contemporary language to describe something? Would he have described himself like that, or has or, or has has the vocabulary of painting not really, or not the vocabulary, but the the conceptual conceits and all of that? Like, yeah. as far as conceptual painting, the most I'm aware of, like you know, because of my like BFA education, is kind of um like the frank stella clement greenberg beef yeah, yeah is is there other examples of conceptual painting or is formalism like is has it just kind of after the clement berg thing has it just kind of died out uh uh i don't know that it's died out, out. i mean i mean I, I bring up masaccio there's a lot of things that developed and <laughs> a lot of things that developed in western uh, Western painting since Masaccio, and I, no, no, I yeah, just bring yeah, him yeah. up as an example of somebody that was. But the way that, that you talk a, about his formalism and and the depth of it, like yeah, and how the and the tight it. and the tightness of it, would he it's, would would it he transcends time? I think. Yeah, but would he? But like, was were those his concerns, or was he approaching it from a maybe more like was he? Do yeah, you think he was? Yeah, thinking about I mean, these he things? was. Yeah, of course, he okay. certainly was thinking about. You know, uh, he he was aware of the revolutionary character of the thing he was. I think he, that yeah, he yeah. obviously lived in the 1400s, so there wasn't. I never well, never read the so lives good. of the artists by Vasari. Uh, Vasari. I know some of the stories. You know that he was like his character's personality is recorded yeah. in in a, in a in a in a book written in the 1500s. Uh, some things about him, who he was. I mean, his name was Cl Cl uh, Masaccio. Is, means clumsy Thomas. His, yeah, his real yeah. name was Thomas also clumsy tongue because he was like a fucking wreck yeah, yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> kind of but he was an incredible incredible artist but but but, but i guess but my, i mean yeah. I, hold on i guess my point is the that uh like the context in which he was painting yeah. was very different 
like it was oh, for the church it, and, and yeah, now, now yeah. it's now it's just a complete marketplace yeah right? yeah uh, right um, right yeah um you know i i don't want to make any categorical or sweeping remarks too much about you know what motivates um the creation of art certainly the marketplace has as a, as affected it in a, in a, well it was in, still a marketplace a but it was it was like because it was masaccio i mean in that time period it was pretty much all well yeah, religious painting. yeah religious painting yeah, yeah, yeah religious painting yeah uh-huh religious painting and it was you know patronized by the church and and i i, I don't know uh at that point in time there was some kind of um it's completely different political economy. It's yeah, yeah, not, yeah, we're not talking about capitalism. You know, this is but a but the the nature of my question is yeah. Ha, yeah. has has painting has the like are so the way that you like what what has happened in contemporary painting that is outside of something that was like has has stood the test of time, right? Like oh, for, yeah. like for example, like like right, like, like right, wh who's right. a who's another example of conceptual painting because i mean i understand well, the formal side yeah of, of things um yeah conceptual painting you know uh the only conceptual painting that interests me is a painting that has strong formal and other other things going on look carrie james marshall is deeply you know he and i met him he came to my studio yeah uh, and, and uh uh, he, he he praised and then he ripped me apart you know <laughs> uh and 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 he, yeah and he uh he's somebody who is very very keen on the conceptual and rhetorical meaning of of the things in his paintings the elements of his paintings like the color black for him uh he, he has a, there's a whole conceptual framework around the idea of black you know like like and there's a dialogue in art history just as an example ad reinhardt right uh -huh. is 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 one of the precursors of minimalism um considered to be you know he was a very polemical like really he you know he wanted to save painting he didn't want it to be fucked with you know yeah, yeah. he wanted people like if they didn't understand abstract art they can kiss his he even made cartoons about it you know about how to defending abstraction, just defending abstract painting. But Ed Reinhardt, towards the end of his life, was was slowly going into an, an area of like absolutes, you know, just absolutes. That was it was like an absolute guy, you know, yeah, yeah. like how can I take this thing and 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 reach reach the pinnacle of what it what it means to get. You know, the people are concerned with those things. Like, he, he was painting monochrome paintings. He started painting monochrome first. I don't know first uh, what which colors, but red, blue, different colors. And what he was doing is he was painting a slightly different hue and tonality of the same color. So that it almost, almost, it's almost all one color, except you can see a slight recess. And it's almost like a spiritual thing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of these, a lot of these guys like Rothko, they're they're you know they're like anarchists, communists, atheists, but they're you know also deeply spiritual people too yeah, yeah, at yeah. the same time. Uh, and um, you know uh, what 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 Rothko was doing? Uh, what, I'm sorry, with 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 Ad Reinhardt was he was trying to paint the last you know paintings you can make, uh -huh. and and for him black signified the end. You know what I mean? Okay. It, it, it signified so he was painting these black paintings, like imagine, with just just a slight slight variation in, in tone, so that you can see a difference, uh, a spatial situation uh, 
between the, the different blacks in the painting. They're like different kinds of blacks. And uh, and Kerry James Marshall, an African American artist, thought. Uh, I mean, I think you know, for uh, you know, for him that was that was an interesting premise. Like, is that the last, or is this where we start? Yeah, yeah. We start. We like black is not the absence of light. You know, the absence of light. It's the sum of all colors. Uh-huh. So and and, and of of course uh, he has a reason. So I really like that that. It, he's not just and it's not all just dorky shit like he's making it up it like it really matters to him that 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 um that for a long time the black body has been uh, not appreciated has been invisible in the, mm. in the sense of ralph ellison you know has been uh, for 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 so many years so how do you address the idea even just in the representation in, in art in for the fact that for a long time i mean this is like a serious redress or whatever like a you know re uh, re approach approach to mm-hmm. uh to this this um to this issue but like how do you how do you create something uh that is that has a conceptual weight like um that addresses the idea of r- racial discrimination uh, this this racial gap you know mm-hmm. uh, so black in his paintings the this color of the skin uh of of the people in his paintings he purposely made them darker than normal than most people are of any, yeah. uh because he wanted you to be aware that they were that's what the, that's who they were that's how they were identified that's how they're labeled this all these layers mm-hmm. so it's fascinating to see conceptual layers you know within a painting that has a very strong formal yeah uh integrity you do you know? have any examples of conceptual painting that you're not interested in like that doesn't because uh, uh, i mean when you well, say it seems to me that the, like it like it, it all just depends on what you have to say if you have something to say and, and, and it, it still remains the same like but, jackson but, pollock but i'm complained about this too if you don't have anything to say then don't say it in painting yeah. or anything else but but so, but the but my question is is there a way of doing uh like because painting is so inherently formal is there a way of doing non-formal con- conceptual conceits is would that be like well yeah I that mean, would be like the frank stella stuff where it, the 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 objectness of the painting becomes part of it is yeah i mean he's 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 a formalist yeah as but he his 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 thing is that is it's this kind of reckoning with certain trends in formal formal modernist ideas about space and what you do in constructing a picture for him it's like it's like this is not a a, um pathway to something else it just is what it is yeah yeah. it's literally what you see is what you what you see (laughs) that's what he said but has anyone been able to argue that effectively or did it did he kill that argument at the time uh i i I, it's hard um has anything developed since stella that of course on that dialogue um because i i'm like you're just teaching perceptual like and i mean robert Irwin was is it has to do with perception and it has to do with uh uh, a a lot of things that uh, uh, that generation of artists were obsessed with uh, that generation of like the last like true blue whatever modernists you know Mm. Uh, you know, and Robert Irwin is a fantastic artist that was, that has a, a very profound conceptual and also um, uh, f- formal like 
trajectory, like how how he ended up doing things that to that look like really really uh conceptual like like you don't even like it's like an empty fucking room you mm -hmm. know and you walk in there and you're like oh Wittgenstein or something like that but is you that know, but, but is that but, painting but still at that he, point he he uh, no no there's no not at all that's like an absolute that's like saying that there's necessarily one thread throughout art history that leads you to, to say that the Robert Irwin paint, making gardens now is the, the logical consequence of perceptual painting. Mm -hmm. That was his trajectory. That's what's important to know. Every artist that makes art has their own trajectory. They're, they have their own impulses and uh, 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 bodies of work that lead to other bodies of work. Uh -huh. And and how you I mean and even how you frame that and you talk about that in terms of art history or you talk, go to terms of contemporary arts thing is 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 open you know uh, but it's important to know that like you know that that dialogue um, you know is different for every artist that's what's important to know I think I know a lot of people got st that I went to a school in Chicago at Art Institute of Chicago with. I have friends that were absolutely stuck in their heads about what Clement Greenberg had to say about fucking color fields or something mm -hmm. like that. It's like, who gives a shit? What did he have to say about color fields? That they were well, bad? He, no, 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 no. That he he just categorized things mm -hmm. and he separated them, you know? They were, oh, well, there's gestural abstraction. I mean, he's a lot smarter than that, too. And he, he deserves a lot of credit. It's just that he's just not, it's not, it's like he's not the fucking pope. This is not no, religion. No, no, you no, you know, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Oh, if, so, but so some people you're saying some people took it like that. Yeah, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole, like it, at a one point it was. It could be said that there was a very kind of almost a unified. I gotta remember our history. Do, sorry, we, my, we are my. not just having a conversation. You're talking into a mic. Please talk. I'm into so the mic. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not used to it. I'm not used to it. I'm not used to it. Uh, I can I adjust it for you okay. a little bit. It's okay. Uh, I hope. I hope it. Uh, <laughs> no, I it's fine. It's just thing up. no. It's fine. It's just it, the, like you're <laughs> the, yeah. the, like just just be careful. <laughs> okay, I'll be as careful as I can. You maybe gesture with your hand when I'm getting too far. You have been. I, I have been. <laughs> you have been. Uh, all right. So I'm trying it, to get the, the close to this. The mic. thing is that the 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 better the the louder I have to make this, the yeah. more I hear that. So oh, the closer right, you yeah. are to the mic, the better. Right, 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 right. Yeah, perfect. All okay. right. So, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed the you. Other, oh, it's all right. Um, but you, yeah, the, you, the, um, the topic is interesting. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. It is interesting. And I, yeah. I mean, I'm also not very well versed. Like, because, uh, you know, the, the, what, how would you, so like basically painting is everything now. No, no, no. There's it, a lot. Uh, uh, painting is popular. Uh, it's just like, it's, a lot there's a lot going on i mean there's now there's ai art i don't even know how what it is or there's nifs non-fuckable <laughs> trans whatever they're called uh, 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 yeah i'm pretty <laughs> sure you can't have I, sex with I, nfts I, i'm just kidding <laughs> i mean there's all this garbage and there's a lot of really that stuff that has nothing to do with art that has somehow made its way into the arts con the art consciousness of of some people but what going back to what i was going to say what i was yeah, saying before I, I had a microphone issue was uh uh there was a time when it seemed like like clem greenberg was seemed to be uh you know w his dictums on art were considered absolute and to some extent and i, I brought up philip gustin well philip gustin kind of 
uh, has always had a bone to pick with the idea of this sense of art becoming purer and um, insoluble. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. he was always like he was like no. No way. Even when he was an abstract painter, I mean, he came. He came from being a fucking prodigious uh, uh, figurative painter in the '30s. Uh, you know, modeled himself, basically taught himself how to draw. Taught him he had nothing. You know, he had a little room with a light bulb in his. And I mean, he he taught himself to draw. He had some some mentorship. You know, he learned he learned how to draw studying the mannerists. He was, and he was, and people recognized his amazing gifts really early on. And he had to go all through, all, he did a complete uh, 180, you know, like throughout his career, his life, turning when abstraction became a big thing in the 40s and 50s. He, uh, he had moved away uh, in, a, in a kind of way that made some, made sense for, for mm -hmm. him. I mean, I imagine there was some pressure to to conform or maybe to some extent I, I, I probably was like if everybody around your clique was kind of dropping a certain idea of figuration and 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 painting one way or other in, in their own way i mean they people really sought out new ways of painting and yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 he did too and and he's somebody who who was painting and painting and painting and painting and that was uh led by this process you know from painting to painting into a zone a new space you know where it was but he had always he had always stayed true to the idea like that basically um you know painting is a kind of is fundamentally an impure thing so like the idea by the time it, i like this guy i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna dive deep dive deep into this uh, yeah yeah it's funny it's funny but it, it, so like at, at, at a certain point like you had all this kind of derivative paintings you know people that were were remarkable because they, they started off and from one place and uh mark rothko was a terrific i think he was a terrific figurative painter clifford still was a figurative painter then and they develop their own shit they develop abstract expressionism or whatever you want to call it and de kooning never lost never really got his he was such so good at drawing and painting reality you know that it always stayed there no matter how abstract his work ever ever got and he was so independent you know that it didn't matter that his paintings were a little bit different from like barnett newman who wasn't a great draftsman was after other things they were after yeah, yeah. everybody was after their own thing and they pursued it but the problem was that is that some of the critics and and the, there's this kind of um had codified what they were doing into simple principles like of of, of formal principles like a code and, of Hammurabi about painting yeah <laughs> kind of it, yeah it became like that it became a straight dogmatic jacket. Dog, dogma you know yeah. and it became like a straight jacket and in terms of like tastes you know that were really like you can imagine i mean it was a long time ago now it was six, 50 over 50 years ago that gustin kind of came on the scene with his his hooded his KKK guys, his cartoon character paintings, and uh, and this was this is sixty nine, nineteen seventy. He's uh, and you know this the Mar the famous Marlboro show that came out and everybody fucking hated it. They they, they couldn't believe this shit. Like it mm -hmm. was just like every because it like kind of is ugly, you know. I think it's gor they're gorgeous, but they're like he didn't try to. 
make it pretty at all it made it fucking hard again yeah. you know really hard to like like just it wasn't just some blase shit it was like somebody reckoning with his own mortality with the world he lived in with the political condition the situation mm-hmm. the fucking human condition you know was in in that guy he felt it really and he had for forever so he gave up he, he gave up this idea of like that he should be like spending his time worrying about whether an orange went well with a green you know he was wanted to paint about shit the violence in the world you know and and he just fucking you know like and there's some amazingly inspiring artists out there you know like it's even in the past 50 years it just 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 came out on the scene and just blasted through you know i think like richard sarah was a uh he's 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 not doing very well i don't think in his health uh no he's become like you know canonically important artist but like i think the idea some of the things that he did like uh especially early the sculptures of uh where it seemed fucking radical you know like just like they they were they were inserting themselves right into our into our sensibilities you know a certain way that felt like you know maybe you know like tilted art you know was like uh this this wall that just cut through the the courtyard uh the square of the courtyard yeah, yeah, yeah. and you couldn't walk across <laughs> it's because he built this artwork that just totally fucked with your senses you know uh, is I'm there not, anyone like, is know. is there anyone contemporary right now that that's making stuff right now that gets you this excited that has that kind of balls and yeah um uh i don't know uh yeah fuck i don't know uh, there are artists that i admire a lot you know a uh, trend doyle hancock is a genius what like, does he do he does everything he does painting drawing uh uh he he created an i, I admire him a lot on uh, on a, on a level like you know on the highest level for me because he's somebody that had has this brilliant ideas you know um that are based on his is um based on what he started like he's a lot like me in a way like only the difference is that i had to i abandoned things he like developed every aspect of the things that he was interested in mm-hmm. and you know he was raised in the baptist church I, th- I think it's a baptist church uh really religious family and he created his own narrative a mannequin story between good and evil beings and he mm-hmm. developed that uh, called vegans in the mounds mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, and it's brilliant you know and he he, he developed that, and still developing 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 still rooted in the same ideas you know there isn't this kind of separation that happens often when you when you turn course in your life you know like i I admire it so much and he's done you know his paintings his drawings his prints his he's done performance and ballet he has his own ballet he did his own ballet it's fucking he's 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 an incredible artist uh he's somebody that inspires me a lot and i and he's a very nice guy too so i've been able to uh, interact with him uh in person and and uh and his wife also is an is tremendous uh um uh, Choi. she's an amazing artist too um you know other artists uh i don't a, a lot of a lot of good artists i mean henry taylor inspires me you know because he's kind of like me too mm-hmm. you know I, I like i'm a direct painter like the guy the guy has ideas about fucking the world he lives in and he nails it and he like makes work about that and he also just like if you're sitting there he wants to paint you he paints you yeah he's like still interacting with this and that's what i i have this very 
uh, I think we have similar proclivities, like the, the impulse to work and paint and paint and paint, and also to, to and this connection we have with with that we can't even name exactly why we want to paint somebody's portrait. You know, mm. we just we just it's something about us. You know, uh, so, uh, that uh, I mean, I've been to parties where you're painting people or you're drawing. Drawing, people. yeah, yeah. I just because I do like yeah. I I don't really put it away. I don't really I don't really. Um, stash away my uh, art making you know yeah, I, yeah. for me it matters a lot to me that uh because it, it's fun too it's like how many people like well you know to have drawing parties you know that's cool i mean i we me and some of my friends do that but like if you go to some other party that you don't see people like hanging out and like no. you know like doing that at like she she like pot- Wait, i'm gonna start a live stream so I'll, I'll probably have you back on and we can draw okay that yeah. would be cool yeah yeah, yeah i'd be down um, to do that but okay so then like what is it is it too difficult to question i mean i may you maybe already answered it with the jerry salts thing but like what is popular in painting right now like what is oh, the well, what is shit? popular yeah no no i didn't answer it with the jerry salts thing um uh, well, uh well there are a lot of there are a few tendencies i think figurative painting has come up in a big way mm-hmm. uh representational painting there's a focus a curatorial focus on artists that have from communities that have been kind of uh sideline through artists it's kind of generic so i don't really like say that this is exactly so but there's an emphasis now an interest in the works of people that were we're kind of marginalized for mm. for ages some of yeah, them for yeah. so african and maybe african-american latino uh uh, uh um, um queer communities and uh artists that are from these things that people are interested in 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 what is in that and, and there's a question well, as to whether that's necessarily you know uh that doesn't say to me whether and even figuration is really popular now you see a lot of figure painting i see a lot of really bad figure painting yeah. i don't know who made them but like i see a lot of for for me what i think is kind of amateur shit but I, it's kind of cool to, i'll look at any old painting you know mm-hmm. because i just have an eye for that kind of thing but uh there's an interest in uh um a really big interest in you know representational art again you know and narrative painting and how much like that. uh how much is the um the because you've you've when you talk about it obviously like if you don't have an interesting life to draw from right like how how much is the individual experience like you know because mm. now we're talking about this giving opportunities to people right so we're, we're having more opportunities yeah, I did it. yeah yeah but but in in when you've been talking about all the other painters you've also talked specifically about who they were as people to some extent right yeah yeah how much do you feel like that matters in the painting it, like it, it yeah it, that's a good question do you, do you do you are there any painters that you appreciate that you know nothing about right yeah i mean i don't necessarily think about it's hard to it's hard to say for some artists like I happen to love Bill Trailer's work, but it's impossible to separate the fact that the guy was born into slavery, mm-hmm. didn't know how to read or write, and he was drawing on the street corners of Alabama mm-hmm. in, in in his 80s, 80s when they found his curious drawings. You know, yeah. his drawings are are wow. They 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 you know you have a direct contact between his vision 
and and yourself yeah, through yeah. these drawings that he does and they they touch you you know they're like wow this is a fucking interesting you know but at the same time uh it's it's very difficult knowing that where they're from or or my father you know like was a, a drew a, a bunch he had no training in art he's from morocco you know and was kind of starting to draw these fantastical things that it's it's hard to separate like who they were uh as individuals i don't think you have to be from any special group or anything like that mm -hmm. to be an artist at all no, 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 no yeah yeah uh sometimes sometimes uh what adds to what makes it inch what some somehow those people it seems to me without being able to 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 say this as an absolute i'm saying uh some some artists were um you know were left to incubate for a long time without in anybody's interest nobody, nobody paying any damn attention to you yeah, yeah. so they were making their work in isolation was called a lot of what's what's called outside art jerry salt hates the term but, yeah, yeah. And, it's and a weird term yeah. it's a weird term because like what do you you know he doesn't he doesn't think it exists uh, but there is something to be said for those people that have spent along i mean if you have the impulse and you have the fucking fire you know whatever you want to call it to paint and to draw and to t describe something going on in your personal world or outside of you you know and and whatever it may may be then then that you know that that is kind of goes transcends socioeconomic political you know racial all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. if you have that 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 impulse that uh that's what you know that's what really that's what really matters um so um but it is interesting that the, to look at the context and what's like the material context and like the, does this guy have a lot of money or did he have no means yeah, yeah. and made his shit out of found art object found uh thornton dial was an amazing artist yeah, yeah. uh who was uh you know you know, grew up in utter poverty in the, the deep south and was making things that were just way out there and just out of, uh, uh, you know, painting that was also object-based and that, that completely, it completely at this pivotal po point of intersection between certain certain things in, in art, like the mm. 2D and the 3D, you know, the sculpture, painting, and all these. And he was doing this stuff without any, even any any direct dialogue with them. You know, he was doing this for the most part, most of his life, independently of any a discourse in art, you know. Uh, that's fucking interesting. Yeah, that's, you know. It's, it's, so, but then I guess what I'm hearing is yeah. that right now in the contemporary world it's more it's it's almost like leaning more on the personal stories of people not like like or let me rephrase that like yeah. because that sounds like that sounds like i'm saying it's affirmative action i'm just saying like there's no conceptual conceit that is is of interest to the com community it's no more, there is okay there that's is, that's is. more there what definitely I, yeah, is yeah, yeah. yeah sorry I, no, no, I, no. I, I mean, but, but I, I, but that you did answer my question. I'm yeah. just get, trying to get more into yeah, the answer, no, more, more uh, deep into right. it. Yeah, of course, of course. So, like, what would be like conceptual conceits that you think are 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 really like uh, not trendy? Because again, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, oh, there, there are a lot. You know, I mean, people have bring their own agenda to what they want to do in their art. You know, people want to talk about immigration. They want to talk about um 
you know, there there's so many things that 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 people want to address in their work. You mm-hmm. know, uh, everybody has. But there's a is there a zeitgeist like uh, a uh, zeitgeist? Uh, I um yeah I maybe the, you know there's a zeitgeist. There's we live in a really fucking dangerous time. So I don't know if you know we live in a time where you know we live in a time we live in a world that's been that that's being destroyed for yeah. one uh you know uh we live in a, a you know where we're you know the biggest polluter in the world that you have these major industrials at the same time these are the patrons of the arts yeah, yeah. so there's already a conflict uh in the art world between uh making any kind of critical remark about class really critical like you know yeah, yeah, yeah you know sticking it to them you know and and environmental degradation and things like there there are a lot of the zeitgeist yeah i mean there are a lot of things like i see a lot of interest in bringing up vernacular cultures that have been marginalized like for instance like I when said, you say Latino, vernacular like, for, like what i mean is like there's uh like, like let's say chicano art you know, okay. that like the museums the Whitney Museum of Art wasn't really paying very much attention or had this kind of amused um, uh, uh, kind of stance towards works being made within this kind of uh, a cultural vernacular graffiti art or something mm-hmm. like that now that's come to the fore as some kind of like imp- important thing that, yeah, that, yeah. that people are taking seriously for a while and now, spending was... a lot of fucking money on art you know yeah, to, yeah. To, to buy in in that is painting that uh i, I notice in just in painting practice like like a lot of people are using airbrush and mm. and spray cans and things like <laughs> that stuff i don't know I, and I, yeah, i'm yeah. fascinated in that context i'm like i don't know if i could make that because for one painting has to do with like touch yeah, yeah. so if i don't touch the canvas i'm i, I have a problem because it is it is about touch you know mm-hmm. uh and it, 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 like all the zillion paint strokes i ever put down you know had to do with some aspect of the physicality of touching mm-hmm. of the canvas you know so the idea of like you know <laughs> like a spray can it's like almost taboo or yeah, you yeah. know uh, but they're it's, hard to fucking use too. Yeah, I don't know. I've never tried. You know, um, so I'm 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 interested in that. I mean, I can name a number of artists that are really great that that do some fucking amazing shit. Uh, you know, uh, you know, artists that are that are trained also in other uh, commercial art like sign painters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can name names, but I uh, I don't know. If it'll be a Would you say that like that? Um... Like what? It seems to me like people have such an internalized sense of postmodernism in mm. culture at this point yeah. that that they're maybe running away from that a little bit and trying to become more dogmatic and whatnot. Yeah. Do you find that to be the case? Like, do do you find modernism popping its its face within a new context? Uh, I suppose so. I mean, my painting, my my. I fall into I, that category. It, it, it might, I guess. I mean, uh, and that goes back it, to it, the it, discussion. It matters about it. to me that I don't live in a fu- that, I, that painting was not invented in a void. You know, yeah. every aspect of painting has its historical. If you if you dismiss the historic historicity or whatever you want to call it of of the the technology of painting and the, the advances made from one because there was an advance. There mm. was there were things that happened 
from place to place. There were exceptional artists that emerged from different places in history different parts of exceptional i mean like rembrandt never even fucking left 40 miles away from where he was born yeah, yeah. and he was it was the greatest painter ever lived i mean as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. he's like pretty much that one people will have an argument will i have know, a hard time no people yeah, will have a, have a hard time, time yeah. deciding whether it's titian roger van der veen or you know, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. some some but oh some dead white you know european yeah, yeah, yeah. painter no but uh what's important is that there is a history that uh you know, Picasso didn't come out of a fucking void. Neither, neither did Ang, and neither did any. You know, neither did any Courbet yeah. or Balthus. I mean, I grew up when I was a kid. Balthus was alive, and that guy was my was for me in my imagination. A lot of it is kind of my my. Um, you know, when I was learning to paint, like really starting to paint with oil paints and from life and and. Balthus emerged into my uh, into my life. I also mm-hmm. he like Jesus, you know, uh, <laughs> although not like Jesus, but he's he's a uh, you know an, a, a painter, for instance, that I was studying a lot and getting to see his work in person in Chicago when I was a teenager, you know, eighteen, nineteen, and who was still alive. So my his presence in my mind was like a um, a, a connection, a direct c- contact with Bonard, Matisse, Picasso, and beyond, mm-hmm. you know? Obviously, his, his painting was, you know, he was criticized for never really wanting to become a modern painter and stuck to his guns about it his whole long life, yeah. you know? And uh, I even went to his house, you know? I went to Switzerland to find him. <laughs> and he was inside. Uh, he died two weeks later. He was in his house. You probably brought some germs that killed him. No, yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Oh man, that was that so. Was so then, uh, if if I to, like, I'm going to keep but, paraphrasing yeah. just to make sure yeah. that that I'm understanding, and then you can add to it. So, uh, so what I'm hearing is that, it, it, like, because, like, what what is? How do you feel like? Postmodernism even fits into the art dialogue anymore. Is it as as important? Do people care? Yeah, it's important to challenge pre, uh, 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 because it's as important as it is to know where to know some of the things that led to it. If that's a part of the analytical aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know, of of of, do you of even postmodern. John do you, Berger. Do you consume is, your own work through the lens of postmodernism, even though you're making modernist work? Uh, I don't. I don't really necessarily like filter it through uh, any of the, uh, any of the, the discourse. You know exactly. But I I know I'm influenced by my. Uh, so I'm influenced by. And, and I consider my work in terms of, in formal terms, the, the certain mo- the modernist elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do like, you know, one of the th- important one of the things that I think I think like art that that has to do with the world. In in I mean, Goya was one of the first modernists. He's considered by modernists to be the first. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that made him so radical was he was looking at the world and painting about the exact like you know journalistically yeah, you know yeah. it was painting of the third of may you know the execution of peasants at a peasant un- uprising he was chronicling the, the events around him with his art you know and that's fucking terrific yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we should as artists have the balls to like go after 
what's going on. I mean, I'm sorry to use that term. No, you're fine. Bad. Uh, but I mean, you know, like women guts, have, the guts. Women have balls too. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Chesticles. This <laughs> is going really bad. <laughs> all right, all right. We can no. stop talking no. about uh, genitals. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, uh, Unless uh, you want to talk about painting them. No, no, um, but you know, uh, it, 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 yeah, there's kind of like, yeah, I guess my painting is it's easy. It's like David Hockney would say, well, you know, like there's, he was a living artist. He was saying, you know, you can paint landscapes, you can paint still lifes, you can paint portraits. What else is there? <laughs> it's kind of like some of us painters just like, uh, we have a rich imagination, but it's kind of still like within confined to. Well, it's to a certain, discipline. To, yeah, because to, to it's degree. a discipline. Yeah. 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 So it's hard um, to, it's hard to. And especially, I mean, I, like it's interesting. Like, what what else could be done with painting? It's it seems yeah. it seems like at this point, it's just yeah, like it, there's nothing new that can be done. Or is that it's crazy? Interesting because, and that, and that's why and people are still painting. But you still, yeah, that's that's an, that's an important point. I mean, you paint not because you have to be. I mean, painting is as old as humanity, right? Yeah, yeah. So don't like wonder why. I mean, you also shouldn't wonder why there's so many painters. There's so many fucking yeah, yeah, people yeah. on the planet, yeah, yeah. and we are art makers. We're makers. We make things, you know. So it's not only it's a direct consequence. It's a direct connection between between the numbers of people. But uh, I think that yeah, obviously, you know, you should be guided. I, I would say I would make the, the 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 judgment that you should be guided by your own impulse to work yeah. rather than to find because you're gonna find something new. I mean there's nothing more fucking like individual than a painting, you know? It's it's like your handprint, your hand, your 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 nervous system, you know? Yeah, yeah. How that works. That shows different in every painting. You have to be sensitive enough to look. So, so, so paint ugly, nasty paintings, you know, uh, and and beautiful paintings or whatever. But like, I would encourage people to use their to really, you know, use their hand. Don't try to make art too much. Just make a painting of something, mm -hmm. and then let let that show. Let, don't look for a style. Just let. Just let your hand be your style. You know that would be you. That's what that's what shows. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, 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 so so and not to be not to be overwhelmed by the no feeling. It can be because we're always looking for new things. You know, new openings. Like well, th this has been done, but it hasn't been done to the extent that I can maybe maybe push push this, or maybe it has. So so <laughs> uh, because there is just so much work there, and it's been going on for four. 40,000 years or whatever you know <laughs> it's like it's like a long 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 that's what uh i there's a quotation from that i read i went to the underground museum to see noah davis's paintings um a bunch of them because i've only seen a few uh and he he died you know very very sadly died of cancer when he was I think it was only 34 or something, 33. I'm Jesus, sure. that's so young. Yeah, so young. <laughs> but he did some amazing things in yeah. that short life. He he founded the the Underground Museum, uh, and uh, and I saw his work, and there was a quotation that really moved me, you know. And he said that people feel uncomfortable about the spirituality and art, but painting is so old that it does it belongs in the realm of the spirits. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I don't. Know. I, like I mean, that. that's a kind of like. Well, what do you mean? I'm like yeah, in the fucking realm of the spirits. Yeah, like yeah. it's like on another another level. It's somewhere 
deep in, in, in our psyche or deep well, in our spirit it's as hum- it's it's a as process humans. of making a reality too to some degree right and yeah. and there's narrative involved which is kind of interesting as well yeah. so it's yeah. it, it it is it is as old as the oral tradition kind of thing, yeah you know yeah. it's like how it's older than how writing we've been telling stories you yeah. know it's like i want to write the the great story i mean we've been telling stories but you have to keep telling their stories yeah. you know and hopefully you're telling stories about that are specific so specificity is the thing that's more important is style and making art well, I don't even fucking care about art I yeah. mean I just paint you know and I want to say something about an experience that I have with something and then that's what you have to do and hopefully the composition works the painting makes sense and, and, and it's compelling you you, mm-hmm. you know it has to it has to stay compelling and it has to stay about as much as possible about your own experience with the world you know yeah. and so as long as we keep painting about our own life uh, about our world you know, um, you know that's what's important. You know, that's so there's what's vulnerability important. in there too. Then there because, is vulnerability because you're you're sharing yourself. Is. Yeah, because it's like you know your hand. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, uh, 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 the uh, uh, to some extent. I mean, you know, it depends on vulnerability. I guess in that sense, depends on how much you uh, let yourself feel vulnerable you know but vulnerability is 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 is, is a good as it's an aspect that's relevant you know mm-hmm. and if you look at rembrandt's portrait self-portraits yeah, you know, yeah. they're just like yeah, yeah. this this really really afraid of death or or just um, there's an emotional content there in those paintings and you you sense the vulnerability of the person you know who lost all of his money, all of his yeah. kids, all of his wives, and all that shit. He lost everything, and all he's got is the ability to paint. He doesn't have very many years left or very much time, and he's in this vulnerable state, you know. Uh, but there's vulnerability, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, there was once even a, a, a my friend of mine proposed the idea of a show about the vulnerable, which is maybe a little bit not exactly. Yeah. My two on the nose <laughs> two on the nose it's a little bit some things are better left unsaid somehow or not yeah. you know it would be know. like at, how do you add a show name painting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're vulnerable no. No. um that, so one of the things that i really like about like the renaissance period also is that you know back then distances oh. were much larger Right, like yeah. getting from one place to another was until, until like a yeah, hundred years ago. Yeah, exactly. The Renaissance, you mean, like, but for, but for, but you like you think of like Italy and and just like getting from Italy to Germany to Amsterdam, yeah. and it seems yeah, especially the romantics now, were like, wow, I'm going to Switzerland. But huh. but I'm saying like what I really appreciate is that the lonelier they got during the painting during the renaissance like the the colder the climate like as the farther north you go the the (laughs) the more time they had to be miserable like i went to florence florence is fucking miserable during the winter it's like raining every single day i was like my feet were always wet and shit like that but um but like amazing art, like a lot yeah. of a lot of contemplative Serious. stuff, you know. And one of the things that I love specifically about Florence is that it didn't have its own military. It uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it it was like kind of left alone by, as a city by, state. Yeah, yeah, as a city state by the Rome time. by the Roman city state and and the um 
and the what's it called? And the and, uh, no, no M- the, Milan. Uh, uh, Siena oh, was Milan. their Siena was their rival, and oh, they right. were yeah, they yeah, were a yeah. banking center, and yeah, they yeah. also didn't have an army. <laughs> and they also lost most of their fucking people. During have you the, been the black? I've been there twice. Have yeah. you been to the yeah, Palio? The the what's it? Oh, the Palio. Have you seen the Palio? I was stuck outside the Palio, okay. but I got to be that, a part of the fest that's where the, 20 years ago. That's where the first, uh, that, that city is where the first uh, three point, uh, one point perspective drawing, like true one point perspective that that, oh. that it's in one of the churches. And one of those churches has like a horse oh, yeah. in the Palio. So like all the different, oh, all, yeah, all the, the different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah. But, but those traditions there are so crazy and they're so like yeah. quaint and antiquated. And then. Well, yeah. I mean, they had, they had prized like the civic life like yeah. you know, and painted paintings that were secular civic life of the of their city state and sexy the paintings thir- too <laughs> oh yeah they had it all i mean fucking the cnes knew that the earth was round before columbus yeah, 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 ever yeah, sailed yeah. the seas you know whatever wait is that the, is, is siena where the the one that has uh saint sebastian as their patron saint or is that another city? There's uh, a there's a city Saint that Sebastian. Um, there's a city that got ravaged by the plague, and their Saint Sebastian. Yeah. Saint Sebastian was their patron saint, and then the, their portrait of him has more arrows in it than anywhere. Ever. <laughs> like, oh, because they fucking hate him. Mantua for... <laughs> or something. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know about that. I know you know Saint Mark is yeah. his patron saint, but his name and his name is all over the uh, of Venice of Venice yeah. and. Uh, I, <laughs> I so you so, so you spend a lot of time to, uh, in Italy just because I have, of the painting. No, no, I I don't go there that often. I I haven't been there in a while. I've been there three times. Nice. I I spent I I went to a, a, like an artist residency program, uh, kind of a, a school. It was it was more like a school because I was able to transfer credits and finish up my BFA from Art Institute of Chicago f- mm-hmm. quicker. So I got like a whole semester's worth of units. Nice. But I, uh, saved a lot of money too, right? Because that's what I was really concerned about. But uh, I was able to go to Italy at the the International School of Painting, Drawing, and Sculpture in Umbria. Nice. So oh, Umbria is nice, Umbria, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I stayed in this like ca- castle village called Monte Castello di Vivio. Wow. And this was in 2005. And we spent about a month and a half there painting and drawing and ever like every day every single day and sculpting every yeah. single day and it was great we had terrific teachers my my teachers and from from uh, saic art institute of chicago who got me to sign up for it you know yeah, yeah. we're teaching there there's dan gustin and don southard and uh and people i had met there for the first time amazing painters mm. martha armstrong uh ying lee uh, they're, 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 they're like, you know, they're like inspiring artists, like that they're not household names, but they're real, yeah. true, true, true painters. Uh, and we had a really, really great, you know, it was a great little program. And then I, I got to venture off a little bit, you know, I've been there. I know, I, I know France better than, oh, okay. than France is but my country. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a, I'm a dual citizen of France. Oh, nice, I speak nice. the language, you know, yeah. but Italy is still, uh, you know, and, and like one of my favorite paintings was a, a German artist, Grunwald, you know, mm-hmm. and I went to see the, the Eisenheim altarpiece and there are just, it's just a fucking revelation, you know, like no. what he did, the, even just pictorial tension, the idea of a tense dynamic in the painting. There was like nobody and, and this wrenching, painful, like incredibly 
poignant paintings, you know, like, you know, of Jesus on the cross and all these scenes from the Bible and stuff. I mean, they're incredible. They still are. You know, they're they're 500 years old, but they they're yeah. way beyond the imagination of any sci-fi you know, nerd or whatever, yeah, yeah. Uh, or something like that. You know, you um, heard that sci-fi nerds uh, shots I don't fired. Mean I don't, I don't mean it. I don't <laughs> Says mean a guy it. that used to write like comic we'll books. Go see the Eisenheim <laughs> altarpiece. I know it's so out there. It's like God. Uh, it's All so right, man. Okay. Any anything else that 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 I didn't ask you about that you wanted to maybe say? Well, about we can painting? plug in uh, the fact that I have a painting show coming up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I meant that. I meant before we do the plugs. Oh, is, oh is right. There, is there is there um, anything that I that I asked that I haven't asked you about painting that you like want a point about painting that you have in your back pocket that you think about a lot that maybe in my back pocket like at, like ready in my my not or something not exactly, that you contemplate. That I I oh what. Oh, you know, I'm always thinking about how to make a good picture. <laughs> um, and uh, also how it's it's difficult, like, you know, uh, to it, I find it, it's, it's, there are so many conditions that come up in painting, like you set up yourself so that you're speaking a certain language within this painting. And you, you feel like it's difficult to break yourself, break out of it and talk about other things and or do other things. So I feel that my painting, uh, and, and, and I have a gallery in Morocco that, that really likes my work and, um, and people here that I show my work all over the, the country, mainly in LA. But um, I, I do get asked like what my painting is about and, and and it's different it goes from like kind of more like almost kind of pattern like decorative painting sometimes to like paintings of strippers mm -hmm. uh, and because my but really my i think my subject matter is a whole human experience yeah it's got to be it's got to be that open it's got to be about the homeless people out there in the street and it's also got to be about something else you know yeah. I, I have to be but, able to do whatever i have to do you know but are you you're not painting people out, out on the street or are you i have yeah oh, okay. yeah but i i i, I but just haven't like, seen the paintings oh yeah i have a lot of paintings uh but i i uh i mean it may be a fault of mine that i have uh it, that i kind of i don't stick to any one thing mm. uh and i have and it seems like that things start to unify as soon as they unify they, they break apart <laughs> and it's uh it's just like this this drama of being an artist i guess yeah. you know um well okay anything we can plug for you now oh yeah you have the well, show have, on august 2nd. i have a lot of a lot going on uh like i just been painting a ton i uh most most of the year i did a couple of art fairs this year but i have a show opening on august 2nd at giovanni's room it's a gallery downtown on broadway uh, some some really some really nice large paintings um that's opening on the second it's going to be up for a month second of august mm -hmm. and um i have uh, an interesting uh a, probably a drawing show as well we don't we haven't um established a date for that and then later in in october that's kind of a ways away i'm um I have a solo show as well in St. Louis. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, Catherine Bernhardt, a friend of mine, uh, who has fam very famous artists, who has uh, a gallery space out there. So she's she's giving me a solo show. So there's a lot coming up. Uh, my work's going to be around uh, a lot. 
in the next uh, two or three months within cool that time yeah uh, and then you are uh, your Instagram and your website. Oh, my Instagram is just my first and last name with a dot in between. Can you say <laughs> Rash- it's-, it's Rashid dot Buhamidi R A C H I D dot Buhamidi B O U H A M I D I. I thought you were just gonna say dot Buhamidi and then move on. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah uh, and then uh, cool man. And, yeah. And then like, you no website or website. Oh, I'm working on a website. I'm in between websites. I had one for years and I never really. I made it myself and <laughs> yeah. I didn't really like it. Um, but I'm doing a website. You know, and I'll have. You know, I I paint on canvas i'd also build tea house structures i I do a lot of different things that that involve painting but also involve construction and tea house structure yes yes those are some of my cherished things i i I build uh once a year i have i've built five uh i built a little houses like a little Mm. little tiny house that maybe about six or seven people can be hang out in and they involve, uh, you know, my interest in some architectural designs and also just painting things that I've been interested in. Through it's like I do it once a year, mm-hmm. but I haven't, um, for lack of space, I haven't, and 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 other circumstances, I haven't since 2020. Cool. But we're gonna we're gonna have uh, when the website comes up, it'll be, yeah, pretty comprehensive. It'll have a little bit of everything I I do. Cool, man. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week with another guest with another topic that may or may not be art-related. Today we talked a lot about painting, and I learned a lot, so thank you. Okay. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. I'm glad I was you know, good for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, see you guys next week.